Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Today, we are talking all about parent-teacher interviews. Chances are you've got these looming very close to today's date, and that means that you need to get yourself prepped and ready for these parent-teacher interviews. They often cause butterflies and nervous energy because we don't know what we're necessarily walking into with parents, and especially after two years of irregular schooling, there is a lot of things that are going to need to be discussed with parents, including the gaps that we're seeing, as well as the adjustment that students are having from getting probably what is amounts to a lot more support when they were at home versus what is realistically supported in school. And we may see marks dropping and have to justify and explain these to parents in a honest and respectful way. So how are we going to prep for these parent-teacher interviews? Well, first, it starts at the very beginning of the year. Now, knowing that we are nearing the end of November, there are still some things you can do to set up your prep work. So this is about have you contacted parents? Have you sent work home ahead of time before the progress report comes out? Have parents been notified of how their students are doing? The first time that they get an indication that their student may be struggling is probably not going to be a great idea if that's the first time that they're hearing this information in a parent-teacher conference. So we want to have laid the groundwork about what is happening and what we're observing, especially if we have some big concerns. So if they're progressing with difficulty, if they're getting N's or S's in their learning skills, Hopefully by now you have reached out to those parents and had a quick discussion along the way in September and October to let them know that these are your concerns and your observations so that these parent-teacher interviews that are coming up are not going to be a surprise for anything that you're going to say. If by chance you haven't had the time to do that, then I think sometimes it's important that we kind of prime the pump a little bit and we let our parents know. Some of the ways that you can do this is quickly send home self-assessments on learning skills and set up students to help them to explain what is happening and that we want some information to go home ahead of time so that parents are ready for these discussions, that they're ready for that. If the report card has gone home already, hopefully this gives some of that indication, but you may want to, sometimes in our report card, there's not a lot that we're really restricted in what we can actually say. So there are other ways and other things that you can send home around the same time as the report card that is unofficial but also helps to clarify what exactly you are looking to talk about. Specifically for this progress report, we like to talk about learning skills and strategies. So sometimes sending home a rubric or an evaluation of learning skills that the students help to complete a self-assessment about themselves helps to validate perhaps what you're writing on the report card, but it also helps for parents to see like, okay, my student is also indicating these things as well. So that is a good indication to help get the parents ready for the information you might be telling them. So things like marks and assessments and how you arrived at those marks probably should not be a surprise to parents come interview time. 
Now, every time that you meet with parents, you don't necessarily need to have a face-to-face -face or screen-to-screen -screen meeting, but you can simply communicate with parents through sending work home, making sure they're updated on assessments and materials that you are working with with students, that they've had an idea of cumulative grades and assignments that have been completed. You can send home rubrics or other forms of assessments of learning skills, observations, all of those things that you're doing in class can be sent home so parents can be informed of how the students are doing. And you can also use email as well to keep your parents notified of what is happening. And it's a quick and easy way. Make sure that when you are sending email, I always recommend that if you have something that is not positive to report that we try not to put that in writing as much as possible and make those face-to-face -face phone calls because then there is no misinterpretation of tone or assessment. So if you are notifying parents that there is work that's not complete, you can either be completely factual and let them know that this is the missing work that is not done, but I always try to make sure that if it is something that I think could be misinterpreted through tone, then I definitely make sure that that information is always done by phone call first and perhaps a follow-up through email, especially if it is the very first contact that I'm making, I do want to try to make phone calls. Now, phone calls is not something that I personally enjoy. They take a tremendous amount of time and they are a lot harder to get through often. So I will try to use other things first, but there are a few students where you absolutely, the first contact is going to be through phone call. Now, when it comes to your parent-teacher interview, so if you've had contact with your parents up until this point, you're getting ready to set up your parent-teacher interviews. So many times we try to set up these parent-teacher interviews where we have these slips of paper that go back and forth. They tell us their availability. We try to put the puzzle pieces together of when parents can meet with us. And it just becomes a lot of extra work to try for you to fit together. But we have a lot of technology tools that can actually help us. If we set when we are available and what our availability is for interviews, we can simply use technology tools that allow us to send our schedule out to parents and have them pick the time in our schedule that works best for them and us. So if you decide when you are available to meet, you can set that on a weekly basis. This is something that can be ongoing. It doesn't just have to happen in, say, November. But for all scheduled meetings, parents want to have a face-to-face -face or camera-to-camera -camera conversation. You can set your available times and then parents can book with you. Now, the two tools that I think are the easiest and most helpful to use are going to be Google Calendar with appointment scheduling. If you create a separate calendar that is just for appointment scheduling, you set the appointment times when you are available each week. Don't overschedule yourself. If you had one to two meetings a week with parents that wanted to talk to you, then this is something that you could do. Through parent-teacher interviews, you could have more availability on those specific days and allow parents to pick a time within your schedule that fits. Instead of them telling you your availability and these papers being passed back and forth, use the technology tool. If you're not a Google board and you're with Microsoft, another alternative is using Microsoft Bookings. Now, I actually have had a look at Microsoft Bookings. It is something that is newly available to me at my school board, and it actually looks very, very promising and much more easily 
useful for this application. So while Calendar has a lot of ins and outs, Microsoft Booking seems to be specifically tied to being able to book on your schedule and then set up a Teams call based on that availability. So they all work together. So I'd highly recommend that if you have Microsoft and you have the availability to use Microsoft Bookings, go that route. And if you're a Google board, you can always use Google Calendar with the appointment scheduling. This allows your parents to book when you are available and you're not constantly doing the back and forth. So I will be sending out a list shortly to parents that will let them know when I am available, when myself and my teaching partner are available together for meetings. And this will be an ongoing availability that parents are always able to book on a weekly basis for certain times during the week that I am available for meetings. That means they can book whenever there is something they want to discuss with me and it's totally controlled and stays within my personal limits and boundaries of what is acceptable for me and when I want to be available to parents. Now the other piece when you're setting up your booking schedule is to add a field inside your booking that allows parents to indicate exactly what they want to talk about. It's an important aspect of these bookings that you go into these parent-teacher interviews knowing exactly what a parent wants to discuss or the parent knows exactly what you want to discuss. It helps keep the meeting focused on one solid event and make sure that you're not walking into these meeting blinds so that you can be prepared for what it is they want to discuss. So if they indicate that they would like to discuss the mark on the social studies test, then you can go in prepared with information on the social studies test. And then that's what you keep focused on is what they want to discuss. If they want to discuss general overall how they're doing, then you can just keep broad strokes. Remember that the purpose of the meeting needs to stay focused on what it is you or the parent are intending to discuss and that if it goes beyond that, if they want to discuss more options, that you arrange a time that you are available to dedicate more time. I only make myself available between 15 and 20 minutes per parent for these parent-teacher interviews. But there are times throughout the week where I will make myself available for a longer booking, but that is after initial one. So we first have the initial one to discuss something very targeted. If there is something that needs more time or more staff and manpower, especially if you think it's important that you want a learning resource teacher involved in that discussion, or you want a principal to join you or just a second body, it's important that you take that time and rebook that meeting so that parents have time and they respect your time and they understand that larger meetings are something that are going to take a longer time and that you have that in availability. Make sure you are clear with when you want to be available, especially if the time you're available is after your contract hours. There may be times where you need to schedule after contract hour availability for parents, depending on your demographic. If that is something you are comfortable with, go ahead and do it. If it is not something you're comfortable with, set that boundary and let parents know that if they need to talk to you, they need to be able to schedule their time around your availability. Now, once you have all of these bookings up, it just automatically goes in your calendar so that you're not constantly using the back and forth to get these things scheduled. And it just makes things simpler and easier because it takes you out of the scheduling, especially if you have a link that parents can simply just follow to book an appointment with you. Something that is easy to remember, you can even go ahead and take your booking link 
to either your Google Calendar or your Microsoft Bookings page. You can find a QR code to that link, cut out some QR codes and glue them right into the front of your student's agenda. That way if a parent wants to book a meeting with you, they simply snap a picture of that QR code right inside the student's agenda and it means that they can book a time with you at their earliest convenience. Now let's talk about when we're coming to the day of the interview. So at the end of November, we often typically have a blitz of interviews where we are specifically talking about certain things with parents. Now we have to prep for these interviews. If we have a class of 24, we're often not given a lot of time. These are meant to be very quick, touch base, meet with your parents, discuss some key things about things that you were talking about in the progress reports, your strengths, your needs, and move on. These are not a full long hour, hour and a half sitting down interview. If you've got a few students where you think that their interview, you've got a lot to discuss with them, pull those interviews out of this event and schedule them for another time that allows you to actually give the airtime to that parent so that you can have a thorough, detailed discussion about their student. Parent-teacher interviews really should be 10 to 15 minutes, and they're back to back to back. Sometimes when you're scheduling this, I recommend giving yourself a buffer, so giving each parent 10 minutes, and then a buffer of five minutes in between interviews. This means that you have a little bit of time to go over as parents are coming in and coming out. Set a timer up in your classroom and try to keep on top of what it is you wanna talk about. Make sure parents have indicated when they scheduled with you exactly what they would like to talk about, but also what is it you want to talk about. So set it up so that you know what they want to discuss as well as what key things you want to discuss. Pick one or two things for each student that you want to touch base on with the parent. This could be something that they do really well and needs and areas of where they can improve and always Present these in a compliment sandwich. Start with a strength, cover a need, end off with a strength. Touch base on the things that parents have comments. Ask them if they have any questions and comments. If their questions or comments go beyond what you can get covered in the 10 minutes, suggest that they take, say, the QR code booking link and ask them to schedule a longer meeting with you so that you can discuss more important details that are going to actually give you the time to sit down and discuss them and so that you can be better prepared for their questions and their details. Don't be afraid to put parents off and allow them to come back again another time to actually be able to sit down and discuss these detailed questions that they didn't indicate they wanted to talk about beforehand. Now the other feature that you have to be prepared to answer is your whys. Parents will sometimes ask, well, what's the homework policy? Know what your homework policy is for your classroom and know why you have made that policy. What is the background information, the pedagogical decisions, and the justifications for why you have decided to do homework in your certain way? Know and be able to explain how you are teaching language, how you are teaching math, the pedagogical decisions that have driven those choices, and be able to back those up. So that if parents question why you're doing things a certain way, which sometimes they do, you have the justification ready to go and you're able to competently explain how that works. 
Now, we want to make sure that when we are explaining these things, we're doing so in parent-friendly language, but we have to recognize that for many parents, school for them looks a lot different than school looks for their kids. So we need to be able to bridge that gap and allow parents to understand how school is different now compared to what school was like when they went to school. With the COVID protocols, how that is changing, what the expectations are, we need to be able to justify our decisions and justify our jobs and explain to parents exactly what is happening and why we've decided to run things the way we are running them. So if I'm explaining my literacy program, which I'm following my Ignited Literacy Plan, if I'm explaining my literacy program, I'm going to be talking to parents about the motivation of choice and why we choose choice, why we have to focus on ideas first and get them writing and feeling confident about writing before we begin to tackle spelling and grammar and punctuation and all of those things. I need to be able to justify why we can't focus on all of the bad things about the writing right away. We have to focus on why I'm doing reading responses and why I've decided to teach the way I'm teaching and being able to justify those decisions to parents competently so that they have confidence that we know what we're doing and that we're doing it intentional. Even if we may do it differently than the teacher down the hall or the teacher last year, we have to be able to confidently justify why we are teaching the way we are teaching. And this is something you can quickly go through if you're not sure why you're teaching or you're not feeling super confident. It's just about faking it before you make it. Like you just have to look at the guides to effective instruction, justify why you've decided to do things the way you're doing, and be confident about presenting it when you get those questions. During your parent-teacher interview, there's some key things that are going to help keep you focused. Number one, grab a timer and make sure that you've got the timer going and make it important that parents know you also are trying to stick to the idea that you have a 10-minute time limit. This is how long you're going to try. If you go over, we can rebook, but we're going to try to stick to the time limit that we agreed upon because this is what's going to be able to allow you to meet the needs of all of the parents who are going to be attending conferences that evening. It's also important this is your parent-teacher interview, so lead the discussion. You start the discussion, you are leading the discussion, bring the parents in, but the purpose of your parent-teacher interview is for you to lead that discussion. If at any point in time you feel uncomfortable, the parents are inappropriate, End the meeting there, redirect them that this is something that you want to discuss with other people and you want to schedule another meeting to make sure that the full team is on board when discussing this student. Chances are there's more than one teacher that is teaching that student. So I think this would be a great discussion to have as a team of teachers who are helping support your child. So I would love to rebook so that we can discuss this in more depth and detail at a later date when we have more time. 10 minutes is not sufficient enough to be able to discuss this issue. I hear you. I understand you. And I really want to give this time that is required for this to actually discuss this in detail. So let's rebook and revisit this topic and we'll have the whole team in place for this issue. This is a great way to kind of push this off, especially if you feel like you need to back up, if you need your principal involved, alert, the French teacher, any other support teachers. If you need another adult in the room, that's fine. If it becomes completely out of hand, leave the room. If you start getting yelled at or 
abused verbally by parents, which sometimes that happens, stand up and say, I'm sorry, but this is not the appropriate use of our time today. We're going to reschedule this and just get up and leave your room, go to the office, find administrative support and wait it out and allow your administrator to help support you in that. But definitely leave that situation and do not engage with a parent who is yelling or screaming at you. It's very rare for me that that's ever happened, but it has happened. So that's another thing. Or if you have two parents that are fighting with one another during a parent-teacher interview, again, it's rare that it happens, but it has happened in the past. So make sure if there is something that is going to derail the purpose of your meeting, end the meeting, reschedule, and have more support in place for you to have that meeting. At the end of your discussion, so you've identified that you've got a compliment sandwich, here's a strength, here's a need, here's another strength, and thanking them for coming, ask them if they have any questions or concerns that they want to quickly and briefly discuss that they did not indicate initially for the interview. So if they said they wanted to talk about language, hopefully your strengths and needs discussed their topic that they wanted to discuss, which was language. Ask them if they have any other questions or concerns. Address those questions, if you can, quickly. And if their questions or concerns are something that are, again, going to require more time for you to answer, let them know this is something I want to give the depth of my answer and a lot more details and spend more time on you with this topic. I think it's really important that we find another time that we can sit down and talk where we have more time to discuss this and try to redirect them um, and reschedule and rebook as necessary. The best defense against parent-teacher interviews, in my opinion, is to make sure that you are prepared with an agenda going in. You know what it is that other party wants to discuss with you. You know what you want to discuss with them. You address those concerns quickly and simply. You stay focused and on target on what you want to discuss and anything outside and beyond that. You reschedule and rebook for a time when you have more time to discuss that topic. Know your whys, be prepped and ready to go and justify the decisions you make on a day-to-day basis in your classroom and make sure you help bridge the gap for parents so they understand why you teach things differently from the way they learned in school. Most parents have a difficult time knowing exactly what school looks like today and why their kids aren't doing the exact same thing they did. So make sure you help to bridge that gap with parents and explain the differences between remote school and in-person school, as well as school from 20 years ago and school today. Having all of that prepped and prepared and ready for yourself and your students will help to create an environment where parent-teacher interviews will go much more smoothly and it'll be much more successful for both you and the parents involved. Hopefully this is giving you some ideas of what you can do to prep and get ready for your parent-teacher interviews. Good luck, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.